he really dropped a white man? Yeah. That should never work its way into a baseball podcast. <laughs> and then he just goes, and here's the pitch. And that was the end of that conversation. <laughs> I just would imagine that Hudler's over there going, you know, stop, stop. You thought I would you, love to see the look on Steve Stewart's face. You thought Planet Moon was content. Oh man. Sometimes you get some nuggets whenever you produce. Um Man. 69306 is the text line, the Protein House E with a Purpose text line, or our phone number is 913-576-7610. If you have an issue with the way things are going right now when it comes to traffic, when it comes to parking at Arrowhead, I would love to hear it because I'm telling you right now, and I hope you're listening, Steven Spector, there will be more than 55,000 people at that game tonight, and we're talking about a preseason game, game one of the preseason, not game three, not game two, game one. Game four, there'll be nobody there because they don't play in Kansas City. But game four, they tell you ahead of time, nobody of significance is starting. Also, you couldn't ask for a better day to be out there. It's like 89 degrees right now, no rain. You got like seven mile an hour winds. I got weather.com pulled up. Uh, It looks beautiful outside, partly cloudy. Yeah, I saw earlier Jeffrey Penner of 41 Action News tweeted out and said, game high temperature, 88. Now, I get it. It's August. It's kind of warm. It's muggy. It's humidity out there. It's everywhere. You're going you're gonna to sweat standing. But you know what? You won't be sweating if you hang out with Nick Price because he's going to be there, and he's going to have some claws, bras. Oh, yeah. That's right. Nick Price. He'll be all over the place. Nick Price, the producer of this show on Out of Bounds and co-host of mine. Dusty Likens with you here live and local. Coming up next will be Chris Unicero, Jillian Carroll, Julio Sanchez as... The sexiest trio in sports radio. That's right. They come up next in overtime. They're on for an hour, and then the Royals debunk live and local, and they take over as Cody Tapp's pregame show starts at 5. Sunday, Binkley, Jay Binkley, 10 until 11. Because, again, the Royals are in Detroit, and they will be playing at noon tomorrow. So Cody Tapp's pregame show starts at 11 o'clock. You can't hide what this town feels about this current Chiefs team because we've already spoiled what we're going to talk about. There will be 55,000 people tonight at that game. Now, again, I know that's not a sellout. And I know that I'm not supposed to be talking about crowd sizes because that's just not what I do. But I tried to warn you when it came to training camp, when the first weekend was available to 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 the public. There was 15,000 people that showed up to St. Joe for the first weekend. Not all those people lived in St. Joe. Fast forward. Quarterbacks and receivers signed autographs at Wednesday's practice. 6,000 people showed up. Now we get back to live television, or we get back to live reality of life. Summer's ending for kids. School starts next week for a lot of people. So congrats to that. But the vacations are probably not as heavy as they were before. Families are winding down. The summer's almost over. And now you've got a Saturday preseason game that starts at a reasonable time where gates are three minutes to be, are three minutes past being opened. So the gates are open. The game doesn't start for another four hours and 56 minutes. I've seen pictures on Twitter. They've been sent to me. The fans are there. When Jay Binkley was there on opening weekend, he said the lines were outstanding. The parking lots were full. 
people were grilling out for practice. There's also some new road construction, so please be aware of that. I am not a traffic person, so I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to road construction. All I know is I do know this. I drive in construction because I have to take 435 every day I come here. Give yourself some time. And when I say time, give yourself two hours. Because if you're like me, you get frustrated all the time when it comes to traffic. And when it comes to that, just make sure that you give yourself some time. Because there's nothing worse than being frustrated on the road. You're going to be frustrated on the road, but just minimize it. But this team is, to me, at least in my lifetime, the most popular it's ever been. You have the reigning and defending MVP. You have a receiver who was probably part of one of the biggest drama stories I've ever been a part of in Tyreek Hill, but is also a generational talent that's going to set this world on fire in the NFL because of speed. People want to see that. Travis Kelsey's been on reality TV shows. He was at a wedding. He's a popular player. He's going to be around. And I get it. My boss would tell you, Steven Spector would say, the most important Chiefs players are the top five are Patrick, 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 Travis. Those are the top five most popular players on the Chiefs, which is fair. Tonight's game kicks it all off. The season technically begins in Jacksonville on September 8th, but tonight they're in a stadium. They're going to hit somebody with an opposing color, not the red and gold. It'll be the Cincinnati Bengals. We had Solomon Wilcox on earlier. We'll play some more cuts of his in a little bit. But it's going to be electric tonight. The text line agrees. There's going to be over 55,000 people. Let me know, seriously. 69306. Eat with a purpose, protein house, eat with a purpose, text line. Tonight's insane because guess what? Not only has football been back since the Hall of Fame game, which was terrible, but it was back Thursday night. There was a little bit of buzz, you know, it was Thursday night. Maybe you were, you know, not working that night. Maybe you were chilling. You were like, oh, football's back. I'm going to watch some football. I want to see what Kyler Murray looks like. I want to see what Daniel Jones looks like. I want to see what, you know, Dwayne Haskins might look like in a Redskins uniform. And then Friday night, the Steelers play. And now tonight, Kansas City gets their own um, domestic piece of the pie. Tonight, your team plays at home, at Arrowhead, and everybody's going to want to see it. Yeah, and I just want to reiterate what you were saying about get out there early because not only do you want to avoid traffic, but this parking lot at Arrowhead Stadium tonight is going to be a lot like a regular season kind of tailgate. I know I've been talking to a lot of friends that are going out to the game, and they were leaving their house at 1 o'clock. So they're trying to get in there right when the gates open, which was about six minutes ago right now. I know the stadium gates open at 5 o'clock. Game starts, kickoff at 7 o'clock. But it's going to be freaking packed out there. And the tailgate is going to be just like a regular season game. It's already started. I know. It's crazy. The coolers are full. The grills are ready to get started. The crowd's going to be there because of what this team is. Not because it's, well, kind of. It is the trendy thing to do because it's Saturday. You don't you have a day of recovery tomorrow. I'm not saying that everybody there is going to get just slammed on the claw. But I'm saying to, tonight's a Saturday night game, 7 p.m. start. Not everybody will stay for the second half. So you can go out there from about 7 to 9.30, have a good time. Hopefully you're safe. And then you can go hit the town afterwards. And there's going to be a ton of people there. People from the text line are already telling us, I'm going with 30 people. I'm going with 10. Nick Price is going to be there. He's already getting offered beers from people. Yeah. Pretty cool. Shout out, Aaron. 
Shout out to Aaron. Yeah. Said he's going to be selling beer, and Nick Price comes up between a certain section, he'll buy you a beer. Yeah. That's a $20 value. Yeah, right. Good Lord. That's more than you make here. Yeah. That's more than I make here. Good Lord. But the other thing that we get to see tonight is the fact that you're going to see some certain things on the field that you didn't see last year that you might be a little bit more excited this year about. Steve Spagnuolo is going to be on the sideline. Not lethargic, whiny-looking Bob Sutton. You don't have to Remember when they were the Falcons were playing the Broncos in the Hall of Fame game? They showed Bob Sutton up in the uh, press box. Just still looked the same. Literally just looked like he had the same resting face as Mike Pence. Somebody that's just not here. Somebody that's been taken over by the White Walkers. That's what he looked like. Shout out Game of Thrones. We did a show on it. If you don't remember, you were a real one if you remember that show between me and Nick Price. The thing about this team is they do have a revamped defense. And all we've heard this year is that so far... This defense gelled quickly. In fact, Jay Binkley asked that to Andy Reid when we went up to St. Joe uh, when Reid and uh, rookies and Mahomes showed up. And he was like, yeah, you know, this team is gelling. The defense seems to get each other. And it's a defense with different guys on it. I don't think we'll see Ogba or Okafor or Frank Clark. Unfortunately, we probably won't see those three guys. If you ask me personally, we could do a topic on it. I don't think you see any of your starters in preseason. In fact, when I used to play Madden in franchise mode, I would bench all my starters in preseason because you would always get that one notification of like, so-and-so suffered a broken leg and is out for the entire season. Yeah. Restart franchise. Yep. Um, there goes an hour of my life. Exactly. So I don't care if the starters play. I know you do. And I know Andy Reid has said that the first stringers will play the first quarter. We'll see if that happens. I think that is also a, a marketing scheme. I think that is, hey, get out here, check this team out. They're going to play. I also think that the first play of the game will be a deep ball to either Tyreek or McCole Harden. I don't know if we can do prop bets, but Brandon Kiley said, I think we're going to see handoff, handoff, throw, and if they don't complete it, three and out and a punt. I just don't see that happening. I see a, you know, Mahomes in the backfield. Let's go wide 80, and then bam. There you go. What I will say is that I am excited to watch the defense as a whole. And Nick Price, I know you're even more um, trimming the fat to that topic that you want to see something more than just that. But I'm more excited to see how the defense plays as a new unit. And I'm also excited to see how Spagnolo is on the sidelines and what his character is. Because last year, it was just Bob Sutton, arms crossed, hair on one side of his forehead, glasses sagging. Just literally looked like Doc from the, from the Seven Doors. Just looked lethargic and lost. I'm excited to see Spagnolo, and I'm also excited to see the energy that my guy, Cullen Saunders, brings. Nick Price, what say you? I'm just really excited to look at all the new additions for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. I'm looking at, like, McCole Hardman and Juan Thornhill. I like Cullen Saunders. I want to see what he can bring in. I want to see the Honey Badger out there rocking the 32 and the Chiefs red. I'm just really looking forward to seeing all of these new pieces that the Chiefs have brought in because this is the first time that we're going to be able to see them on the field against another team where they're actually out there playing. And I'm also excited to see a lot of the guys towards the bottom of the roster. You know, there's so much talk in training camp about guys that are going to be like the last on the 53-man roster and everything. That's the most important part of the preseason is evaluating those bottom quarter of the roster kind of guys and filling out that 53. So I'm going to be looking at all of those new guys and some of those little sleeper guys to see right. who exactly is going to end up making this team and being a part of the 2019 season. I think that there's a definite reason why people will go, and I think it's number 15, but I also think that number 15 is about to have, well, I think he's going to be the leader of these stats for years to come, and, well, it would also appear that way. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. 
Starting receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, Demarcus Robinson, tweeted 14 minutes ago, who's coming to the Chiefs game tonight? Hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. Gates are open. They've been open for 16-plus minutes. I just simply responded, 55K-plus would be my guess. Seems fitting. Who do you think is most likely to be a claw drinker on the Chiefs, Nick Bryce? I can see Travis Kelsey putting down some claws. Travis Kelsey's a claw guy? I can see that. That's fair. Well, you think you got a better one? Yeah. I think Dieter's a big claw guy. Dieter's definitely a big claw guy. I feel like Mahomes is probably a claw guy. Yeah. I feel like he he and his girlfriend are probably claw fans. I feel like Harrison Butker, too. So we're just going to go all white guys. I don't know. I don't know. Young guys. Chris Jones, he's got his own, uh, like, root beer and lemonade and stuff like that. Yeah. He likes the fruity stuff, so maybe he's a claw guy. I could see, uh, I don't know. If you're a bra, you drink the claw. Yeah. Um, So they had an article come out this past week where they had, um, what they say, projected leaders. It says the 2019, it was from NFL.com. NFL's 2019 season, Patrick Mahomes among projected stat leaders. And it has Patrick Mahomes throwing... For 4,700 yards, Drew Brees, and this is where it says Patrick Mahomes. We'll just talk about it. They have Patrick Mahomes throwing for 4,700 yards and 37 touchdowns. When they talk about Patrick Mahomes, they say, Drew Brees is the only player in NFL history to throw for 5,000 yards in consecutive seasons, accomplishing that in 2011 through 2013. Complimentary football is influential in terms of forecasting quarterback play. For example, in 2012, Saints ranked last in defensive yards allowed per game while also giving up the second most points per game. And that season, Breeze averaged 323.6 passing yards a game and threw for 43 touchdowns, ranking first in both categories. The decrease in Mahomes' passing yardage in my projection, he threw for 5,097 in 2018, steams partially from the fact that Chiefs defense is forecasted to significantly improve from last season. Kansas City allowed 405.5 yards per game. Thanks, Bob. Uh, the second worst in a f- defense in the NFL. And 49 offensive touchdowns, tied for 28th. Boy, Bob Sutton's resume is not good. Bonus, my model likes Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz to throw for 4,200 yards this season. Wentz has yet to top 4,000 in a season, in large part because he's missed eight regular season games in the past two seasons. But mo- but my model has a high confidence in, top- in topping 4,200 4- in 2019. When it comes to touchdowns with Patrick Mahomes, they think 37. This may seem like a big dip from last season when Mahomes threw for 50 touchdowns, but 37 would have topped the league in 2017 when Russell Wilson led it with 34, and in 2015 when Tom Brady Brady led the league with 36 touchdowns. Similar to passing yardage projection, Mahomes touchdown, blah, 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 defense is better than it was last year. 47-02 is the exact number along with 37 touchdowns when it comes to the actual number of touchdowns I think he will throw. Let's go look at where 37 touchdowns would rank in a season. It's only been done twice. It was done by Drew Brees, like we mentioned, in 2016, and it was done by Peyton Manning, also a quarterback who threw for 37 touchdowns. He did it in 2012 with Denver. We talked about this earlier, that there has only been one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten quarterbacks to throw for 40 touchdowns. 
I think Mahomes will throw anywhere from 35 to 40 touchdowns. 37 touchdowns in NFL history ranks at the 24th most in the history of the NFL. And I think it's important to point out, too, that a lot of those are Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Dan Marino, Brett Favre. And Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck. And Matt Stafford. The only anomalies it would seem that are on here are Matt Ryan and Kurt Warner. Everything else is far. Oh, Cole Pepper's another one. Cole Pepper threw 39 and 04 when he was slinging it to Moss. But everybody else is a quarterback that is a league favorite. Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. And those type of guys are always linked to a Super Bowl type year. I believe that we are now in an era of football where it is obviously going to be pass heavy. We have been in this era for quite some time. Is that correct, Nick Price? Yes. Right. Running backs don't get paid. Their value has depreciated. We are seeing that with Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott. We saw it last year with Le'Veon Bell, the previous year with Le'Veon Bell. Um, Running backs just aren't getting paid because they're not the focal point on the offense. But guess who is getting paid? Quarterbacks and wide receivers. That's who's getting paid in the NFL today. I definitely think that Patrick Mahomes is going to lead offensive categories in those two significant ones that judge a quarterback more than anything, I think, which is we can get into different numbers that judge quarterbacks. I think pass accuracy, I think average yard per pass, which Mahomes was almost at nine last year. He's at 8.9. But what I will say about Patrick Mahomes is that this is going to be a statistic and a story that is just going to at one point just get old. I told you we were done comparing Patrick Mahomes or this Chiefs team to Steph Curry or the Golden State Warriors. But again, every year, Steph Curry probably leads the NBA in three-pointers made Mm. if he's healthy. Patrick Mahomes is going to have the opportunity every single year to lead the league in passing and lead the league in touchdowns. And I get it. The defense is better, but the defense is not completely one of the best defenses in the league. This defense is still going to give up some points, I believe, just because of the way the offense is the teams you play, like you're going to play the Chargers twice. You're going to play the Patriots. You got to play the Detroit Lions. Minnesota's got a decent offense. A lot of people forget about their offense. They have two stud receivers and a good running back, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Stephon Diggs. No, I get it. You may not like your quarterback out there and Kirk Cousins. That's not where he plays. Kirk Cousins, I believe, is he with? Yeah, he's with Minnesota. Minnesota, right? yeah. Yeah, he's with Minnesota. I was thinking of his time in Washington. But you're going to play other teams that have good offenses. The thing, too, is like, do you know how easy it's going to be for Patrick Mahomes with over 300 yards? Like, if you look at Patrick Mahomes, as the text line comes in for Big Lance, he thinks 41 touchdowns and 4,300 yards. That's a fair assumption. That puts him in the top 10 tier of all-time numbers in the NFL. Like, Patrick Mahomes is going to dilute numbers in the NFL. This stat, this article that comes out from NFL, NFL's better than this. NFL.com is better than this. They just need to start making a stat where it's just going to be Mahomes. And I get it. We're under one year of him as a starter. But to see how he did it with ease and to know that he has the photographic memory. There you go. Let's you know that this wasn't a fluke. And when your GM compares him to guys like LeBron James, you do have a generational talent. You do have a guy that is going to change the way offenses are looked when it comes to the NFL. And when you're going to lock up a guy like Tyreek Hill and you have a guy in the NFL who's considered the best tight end, which we'll get into that in a little bit later, as Solomon Wilcott said that, the ceiling is 
astronomically high. The floor is non-existent. And to be quite honest with you, in your division, you have teams that you can just bully. Like Denver's offense is lost. So their defense is going to be on the field. It's going to get tired. It might look good for the first quarter and a half or maybe the first half. But you saw what happened last year when Mahomes got to hold that off, that defense in the second half. He adjusted and tore it apart. Oakland's just absolutely it's lost. mess. Right? And, you know, you're going to play in shootouts. Because when you're a better team, you're going to play better teams. And better teams are probably better because they either have a great quarterback or they have a good offense. You don't have teams that are just solely based on defense, which is why I disagree with we'll play the cuts later with Solomon Wilcox. You don't have teams that just literally just blow people away with defense. The Bears kind of did that last year. But they still had pieces on their offense that could do things. And when you talk about this stat that Mahomes will lead in passing and lead in touchdowns, and then you want to skew it down and say, like, well, I'll probably have 37 and 4,200. Okay? But think about where you're ranking this every single year, and look where that mu- those numbers will begin to pile up. If Mahomes is only 23, he'll be 24 on the 17th of September. Imagine where 37, 37, 37, 37, 50 leads after your first five years in the NFL. It's insane. It's a category that is now becoming lethargic because Patrick Mahomes has made it that way. And if we're going to be apathetic about it, let's let Mahomes have his own category and then let's just use everybody else. Because it's almost like Mike Trout and OPS. It's just going to happen, man. It's going to be 1,000-plus every year. It's not going to dip much lower than that, and that's who he's going to be. And he's going to take something in 40 touchdowns that had only been done 10 times before by multiple quarterbacks repeating themselves and Brady and Manning and Breeze and Rodgers to where it's just going to look like on this list that we have on Pro Football Reference where it's going to be like Mahomes, 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 where you just be like, you know what, Mahomes did this. Here's what the rest of the league did. We don't need to write articles on what we think Mahomes is going to do because Mahomes is in his own field right now. And you're seeing people draft quarterbacks because of what he can do. Kyle, 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 Kyler Murray, if we can get it out. Today, Junior. Yep. Kyler Murray was compared to Patrick Mahomes because of how he could release the ball and the explosive arm. We got a taste of it the other night when he was preseason ready. He looked good. Yeah, he did. Right? He looked like a guy that just looked comfortable back there. Nobody looked as comfortable as Patrick Mahomes last year. And with a photographic memory and an arm that is explosive, and at the only age of 23 right now, only to be 24 in September, boy, that category is going to be something that we always talk about. Something that we need to talk about again is that we had Solomon Wilcox on the show earlier. He had three important things that I thought were interesting when it comes to talking about this team and a team in their division. We'll recap those if you didn't hear them earlier. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio. Protein House, E with a Purpose text line. Talking about Chiefs players, that would be Claw Bras. Sammy Watkins from the 913, I bet, is a Claw Bra. I can see that. Dieter definitely kills Claws. Kelsey was documented all offseason crushing Coors Lights. I just want to point it out there that just because you're a Claw Bra does not mean that you don't drink beer still. Like, it's not an exclusive thing. I love Bud Light, personally. I know you're a Miller Light guy. Mm-hmm. But claws are more of a summer drink. It's refreshing. Yeah. 
It's lighter. Keep that trim, that trim summer body, you know? From the 816, don't forget that Mahomes is on the cover of Madden this year. Just saying, Ludo. Thanks for listening. But, yeah, there you go. Superstar power, man. I don't think it's the first. I don't think it's the last year that we'll see Mahomes on the cover of Madden. Uh, from the 660, I'm a delivery driver. You can just tell there's a lot more traffic than normal Saturdays. Lots of people with Chiefs flags. Yeah, the gates have been open for 33 minutes. That's not a lie. That's truth. In fact, if you follow at Arrowhead on Twitter, they've got a picture out already of what the new drum deck looks like, and I am a fan. Also, new seats in the upper deck, and I have cup holders. going to be a big game changer. Yeah, I just don't think people in the upper deck need a cup holder. No. I think they just hold on to their cup. Yeah. Um, but earlier today, if you missed it, the full interview will be on the podcast page, but if you missed it earlier, um, we did have Solomon Wilcots on, who used to be a former, uh, broadcaster for CBS. He was with Ian Eagle. He was also with Kevin Harlan, who is a local guy as well for keeping that live and local narrative here on 610 Sports Radio. Of course, coming up after us is Overtime with Julian Carroll, Julio Sanchez, and Chris Nacero as the sexiest trio in sports radio. Uh, before us, you heard Brandon Kylie. He's got some thoughts on tonight's preseason game. You can check out his stuff on uh, the podcast page as well. If you really want to dive into podcasts, get into the 435 Podcast Network. I do a subplot cast. Right now I'm in the middle of Lethal Weapon movies. Uh, Ron the Show Hughley does a um, Ron the Show Hughley does one on um, on his like marriage life with Mr. and Mrs. Show. It's quite hilarious. Uh, Steven Serta does one on all things nerds or TV or movie shows, but we had Solomon Wilcox on earlier from CBS, or formerly of CBS. He's also a former NFL player, played cornerback for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he had this to say about Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. I love Travis Kelsey. He went to college here at the University of Cincinnati, so we kind of always knew what he brought to the table. I just didn't know if, you know, a lot of the zany things that he does, if that would get in the way of him playing good ball. He seems to be able to I think play um, really good football, but he knows how to have fun to it. I love the fact that Andy Reid allows him to, you know, kind of charm everyone with his personality because he's very outgoing. But he is, and I've been saying this the last couple of years, that he's the best tight end in the NFL not named Rob Gronkowski. Well, with Gronk gone, Chelsea is the best tight end in the NFL. Agree or disagree? Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the in the NFL. He said before it was Gronk. Well, process of elimination. Rob Gronkowski is no longer in the NFL, and now Travis Kelsey. Whether you want to say he's a claw bra or not, I know personally that my friends Darren Nicholas and Sean Baum Simpson are claw bras. They drive around uh, looking for different types of claws to be bras with. Nick Price is a claw bra as well. We're just going to stick on that narrative. But I think that is interesting that Solomon Wilcott says that because I do believe that is something that is powerful for this Kansas City Chiefs team. The tight end game is deeper now in the NFL, and there's nothing that's more credible than having the best at a position that is deep. If you have the best at a position that isn't very deep, like having the best kicker is like being the tallest kid in fifth grade. It doesn't really do anything for you, except you get to sit in the back of the picture. But if you're the best tight end in a position that is literally growing deeper and deeper and evolving with the game, and you're also a generational type of tight end, that says something. Like when Tony Gonzalez was the best tight end in football, there was really no other position in that field and tight end that could really compete with Tony Gonzalez. Shannon Sharp was at the end of his career by the time Tony Gonzalez was really getting it going. 
or he was winding down. Now, Shannon Sharp had some good years in Denver. I'll give you that. He had some decent years in Baltimore. But at the time, it was like Tony Gonzalez and nobody else, and it wasn't really that prized of a position on your team. It was like, oh, the Chiefs have Tony Gonzalez, but they're going to send him off to Atlanta because he wants to win a Super Bowl because he's been that good. Now the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, who's the best in position in the current NFL standings, and they're going to hold on to him because they've got him under contract as well. But the one thing I also liked about what Solomon Wilcox had to say is, you talk about Patrick Mahomes. What can he do better to improve himself next year when it comes to topping 50,000, 50,000, 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards? Quite simple. Beat one man. What he could do is continue to not just win games, but he's going to have to not make them close. Probably going to have to overcome a defense that should be better, okay, in 2019 than it was a year ago. But he's going to have to outscore the opponent. And most likely that opponent is going to be Tom Brady. And it could be at Gillette Stadium this time around. So that's what he's going to have to do this year that he did not do last year. He went 0-2 against Brady one year ago. This year he's got to turn that around. Simple as that. I mean, I think that's the benchmark for this season of do the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes get better is beating Tom Brady. You got a chance in the regular season towards the end of the year in that afternoon game. And then hopefully for Chiefs fans, another matchup in the playoffs. You would think in the AFC title game, a rematch of last year, that's basically where we're going to define success on this season. And it's as obvious as it sounds, I'm almost pissed off at myself for not understanding that it was that simplistic of a thing to do this year is because literally last year, if you beat New England, and you don't lose to the Rams in a game where you were the first team in NFL history to score 50-plus points and lose. Thanks, Bob. But if you don't lose to the Rams, you don't lose to the Patriots. And I know that hindsight is just something terrible to do. But if you don't lose to the Patriots in Gillette, that fourth and nine play is never relevant against the Ravens because you would have locked up the AFC already by then because New England has a loss to you. They don't have the upper edge. Also with that is if you beat Tom Brady in the playoffs, you're playing in the Super Bowl, and there's a chance that you might have won that Super Bowl. I don't know who wins that game because the Rams and Chiefs have played each other before, and the Chiefs probably wouldn't have schemed the Rams as hard as Bill Belichick did. But the fact that you would have seen them before, the photographic memory that Patrick Mahomes has, the live-and-learn aspect that Andy Reid comes up with, you'd think that your chance would have been a little bit higher. Yeah, not to mention it just would have been a very entertaining game, you would have to think. I mean, that... The Rams-Chiefs game last year won the SP for best game. It was one of the most entertaining regular season games that I've ever seen in my entire life in the NFL. And so you would have been in for another shootout. And in a shootout, who knows? And you would have had the defensive MVP versus the offensive MVP, mm -hmm. right? Now Solomon Wilcox wants to piss you off, Kansas City. You know, I really do. Really? And here's why. Uh, yeah, here's why. I, I, I know everybody thinks about the Rivers, Melbourne Gold. Look at the defense. They arguably um, have uh, one of the best at every single level of the defense. You know, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, they can rush the passer. These guys are 20 sacks getting off the bus. And their secondary is probably arguably the best secondary in the National Football League. Um, Casey Hayward, arguably one of the best corners. Um uh, there's no doubt that Derwin James is one of the top two safeties in the National Football League. He can cover, he can blitz the quarterback, he can play man, he can play zone. 
he's a talented player. And Desmond King is arguably the best slot cornerback in the National Football League. So, to me, when you got that kind of defense and you have a quarterback who can manage games and play with the great efficiency that Phillip Rivers does while also creating explosive plays, yeah, I mean, name me another team within the division that's got all that. And then maybe we can have that conversation. But right now, I'm, I'm buying stock in the Chargers. So that's fair. I'll let Solomon get away with that because he brings up several points on a topic where I'd asked him previously. I'm sorry that that was cut off. He didn't hear the question, but I asked him a lot of a lot of people, Vegas, other sites are saying that the Los Angeles Chargers will win the AFC West. His response is that their defense is that much better than the Chiefs defense and that yet they still do have a leader to game manager in Phillip Rivers. Now, he said that they don't have Melvin Gordon, but they do have other weapons. I will say Austin Eckler is probably the best option you could have as a backup. That's a pretty good backup to have. Mm -hmm. And they still have Keenan Allen if he's healthy. But he's basically taking the fact that San Diego, I always want to say, Los Angeles' defense is that much better than the Chiefs' defense and the AFC West other opponents, and that they still have enough on the offensive side to compete and try to maybe take that lead. Okay, here's my thing. They had all that last year, and they had Melvin Gordon. They still couldn't do it, and they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead on a short week on the road. Still couldn't do it. This year, they're going to get the same chance, the same damn chance they got last year, and you're going to get a team that has a more weathered quarterback, a team that knows what they have going into the season, and a team that whereas everybody showed up to camp and is on that roster ready to go. Oh, and a revamped defense that last year was 28th, according to everybody in the NFL, or as local people would say, just dead-ass last. And here's a team that has a possibility to have a 10 to a 20th-ranked defense in the league. And now all of a sudden, you're going to still say the Chargers have a chance? I just think that the Chiefs' offense is that much better than, than the Los Angeles Chargers' offense, and I think their defense isn't that much worse than their defense. I think the Chargers have a dynamite defense. I think he nailed it. Ingram, Bosa, James, all those guys. But you throw in vets like Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew. You throw in Ogba, Okafor, Chris Jones. I don't think it's that big of a difference. I think Solomon Wilcox is okay to his opinion, but I disagree. And I would also always take the Chiefs. And with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I just take that over Lance Lynn and Phillip Rivers. You also got to just think about it. Like, the defenses don't play against each other. It's no. the Chiefs offense against the Chargers defense, Chargers offense against the Chiefs defense. And if the Chiefs defense is that much better this year, that that is, I I mean, the Chiefs had a historic offense last year. Even the best defenses in the NFL couldn't stop the Chiefs offense last year. So, he also, I brought it up earlier, but Andy Reid, he owns this division, man. Like, last time that the Chargers won the season series was in 2012 or 2013. It's been five or six years. And nobody's been close to getting the Chiefs out of that realm yet. Nope. I know the Chargers got close as much as close as they could last year, but it hasn't happened. We've got to get to the two-minute warning when we come back after this break, but also... We've got to do what we like to say is our whip around the NFL. Out of bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, 610 Sports Radio. We've only got about 12 minutes left, and that's even a lie. We've only got about 10 minutes left. This show flew by today. Oh, yeah. We appreciate you all listening to Out of Bounds here on 610 Sports Radio as we try to keep it live and local. I know there's a lot of you headed out to Arrowhead tonight for the first preseason game, and I hope there's at least 55,000 people here. 
I hope there's 55,000 plus because I truly think there will be, but that's not what we're going to talk about now. We'll get to that in the two-minute warning because right now we get to do our NFL wraparound. Super Bowl preview was a popular topic in the beginning of the year when everybody thought they had the Chargers and the Eagles with the Chargers winning. Sporting News came out with one 2019 NFL predictions. Winners of the East, Patriots. Winners of the North, Browns. Winners of the South, Colts. Winners of the West, Chiefs. Winners in the NFC East, Cowboys. Winners in the NFC North, Packers. Winners winners in the NFC South, the Saints. Winners in the NFC West, the Rams. Super Bowl prediction, Cowboys versus the Chiefs. With the Cowboys beating the Chiefs 31-27. Okay. Kick rocks. Yeah. You don't even have your best player in the country. He may not even play this year. Oh, and by the way, if he doesn't play, good luck, Dak. You don't have a running back. And then you have the Cowboys beating the Chiefs 31-7 in the Super Bowl. Boy, I'd really like to hear something different. Moving on, Antonio Brown has been all over your phone, your TV, your radios, whatever it is this week, because he just, quite frankly, may not want to play football anymore because he doesn't get to wear the helmet that he wants to wear. Yeah, it says you can't see with the new helmets. That's fair. I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, He also has cold feet. He does. Very literally. In more ways than one. And O.J. Simpson had this to say about Antonio Brown. Hey, Twitter world, yours truly. Now, I live in Las Vegas. I would love to see Antonio Brown play. I think he's one of the greatest. Forgot his last name. That has ever played football. But if you're telling me he's willing to give up that kind of money because of the style of the helmet, look, you don't want to go to training camp? Don't go. But giving up that money because of uh, the helmet? I call BS. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Take care. Take it. He's calling BS, then chuckling in his weird, murderous way, and then saying, I'm just saying. Oh, well, Take swinging care. a golf club in his house. A driver at that. Not a pitching yeah. wedge. It's a shorter club. A damn driver in his living room or his foyer, whatever it is, in O.J. Simpson's Vegas home. And he says, if you're going to quit it over just a small little helmet issue, I call BS. <laughs> Just saying, take care. Oh, God. O.J. Simpson, I don't know what made you think Twitter was the answer, but, man, it isn't. Moving on, Jalen Ramsey. Well, he said he would DM his receivers yeah. or his opponent's girlfriend. Yeah, I got a quote here. Go I saw this on Barstool Sports on Instagram. Uh, of course you says, quote, uh, say I was playing a big receiver at whatever school. I would look up his Instagram and slide into his girlfriend's DMs before mm. the game. That's pretty savage, man. For those of you that don't understand the term sliding into DMs, it has nothing to do, well, it could lead to something sexual, but it really is just a way of forming a communication with somebody else on social media. I'm sure you're all guilty of it. I'm sure you've all done it. But Jalen Ramsey went one next level. He would find out who his opponent's girlfriend was and then get on their Instagram or Twitter and let them know that that's what he was about to do. Yeah, that's one way of getting into the opponent's head. Also, another thing I saw on the internet this week, this video going around of Steve Smith at Panthers camp, mm. giving DJ Moore a little grief. Here, check this out. Can, can you come here real quick? So I got him on my bench, DJ Moore. Okay. Should I? He ain't, I ain't benching DeAndre Hopkins. Should I let John Brown? Hey, he right bench there, that's kind of disrespectful. Like John, John Brown, Brown, Pittsburgh State. He Jay Beagley's all selections. I'm giving you inside the trade, so don't report me. You know. No, I'm just saying. So, so should I take him off the bench? Because currently he on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to start. 
What if I just flex? What if I put him at flex? I don't understand that. That just mean an extra guy. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Put him at flex? Because he's not a real wide receiver yet. He's oh. just kind of developing. Oh. I don't want to say all that, though. No, I'm just talking about from fantasy. Should I start you or John Brown? It's a legit question. Is it not? You gonna play? Start me. Start you? You give me two points, I'm just like, you. <laughs> That was a recording of somebody watching at home as uh, Steve Smith gives a rookie some pure hazing. Speaking of hazing, Stone Cold Steve Austin said that, you know, the king of chugging beer decided to rate other guys. Bam! Crash them together. Bam! Yeah. And see, a lot of people get mad at me and say, hey, man, you're wasting all that beer. Some of it's too much is going on and not enough in. I'm in show business. Okay, here we go with Baker. How about Baker? He goes old school and he just bites the beer with his tooth. Is that old school? No, he's just sipping here, but watch his throw here. Yeah. Okay, bam, bam, cracks it with his tube, pulls a tab, A plus. <laughs> That's A plus. Okay. That's All great. Right. All right, now uh, offensive linemen were born for this sort of thing. How about David Bakhtiari? What do you think of that? Nice quick gulp. Nice quick gulp. Yeah. Volume. He wasn't done. Volume. Yet. And it, no, notice he. He, he's at a sporting event. He doesn't want to get it all over him. He's not in show business. That's all for him. No. Big time respect right there, brother. He called out his quarterback. Yeah. He called out his quarterback at the same game. How about Aaron Rodgers? Hey, man. Aaron's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Oh, look, Aaron, when you hold the finger up, wait. savor that. Wait, wait for it. Oh, no. <laughs> C-plus. <laughs> C-plus. Love Aaron, but not the C-plus. I got one more. I got Christian Yelich at a Bucks game. What do you think here? Oh, hell of a baseball player. Let's see what kind of beer drinker he is. Let's see. I think this kid's got a future. <laughs> see, now, that I, I can work with that. I can develop. I, I can hone that potential. <laughs> Lots of upside. Yeah. <laughs> that worked out even better than I hoped. Two-minute warning. Now bring us to the two-minute warning. What the heck? Let's go. That voice you just heard was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And if there's anybody that's going to judge beer drinking competitions or athletes drinking beer, I don't want anybody else to do it but Stone Cold Steve Austin. He also gave Aaron Rodgers a C-plus in chugging beer, and that was very kind. This is the two-minute warning. That voice you also just heard after Stone Cold Steve Austin's was Andy Reid's. And he's going to say that in about four hours from now. What the heck? Let's go. Because in four hours from now, your Kansas City Chiefs play the first preseason game of the 2019 and 20 season. That's not very significant, but what is, is I think there's going to be 55,000 plus people there at a preseason game against the Bengals without A.J. Green with the red rifle BB gun throwing the ball outside to his receivers with a guy in the backfield named Joe Mixon. Preseason, 55,000 people. Count it. Mark it. Let me know if you're there. Nick Price will be there. He's going to send me pictures of him being a bra, drinking some claw. That's just the way it goes. Moving on. Brett Veach said that Patrick Mahomes reminds him a lot of LeBron James because they have that rock star personality. I think that's fair. He says Patrick Mahomes doesn't fly commercial anymore. That's also fair. I think another thing that's interesting is that the fact that, well, that just shows you how important LeBron James is to the NBA. It'll show you how important Patrick Mahomes is as he'll have some say when it comes to this Chiefs roster and this Chiefs team moving forward when he's making $200 million in his career. Antonio Brown's got cold feet. Be glad you're not an Oakland Raiders fan if you live in Kansas City because you don't have to worry about drama. But you get to watch it all on Tuesday nights on Hard Knocks as I'll continue to do that because they're going to have to address it. And again, of course, 
Andy Reid said that he's got a running back by committee when it comes to this Kansas City Chiefs team that I think looks a lot like the, I guess, bullpen that Ned has to deal with. You don't know who your main guy is, but you throw a guy out there hoping he's in the right situation. For Nick Price, please be safe at the game tonight. There'll be a lot of people there. It'll be hard getting in there when it comes to traffic. I'm sure uh, you'll be ready to go, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a huge thanks to Solomon Wilcott coming on the show. That's right. Solomon Wilcott, thank you very much for joining us on Out of Bounds. He is a former NFL player. He had some good things to say. Some stuff you might not have agreed with, but you can check out the podcast page. You can check out a lot of other things on this show. Just want to let you know, we're always live and local on Saturday. I will be away next week. Take care, everybody in Kansas City. Have fun. Overtime is next here on 610 Sports Radio. Live and local. Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price. 610 Sports Radio.